a word that I really don't like, is all over the scriptures for this weekend. And that word specifically is humility. Humility is so hard. And yet, I would argue it's probably the most needed virtue of all the virtues. It is the place of beginning. The realization of on your own, you're not really capable of that much good. And when you realize that, it opens a path for God to be able to enter into your heart. When asked what the three most needed virtues to become a saint were, St. Augustine famously replied, the first and foremost is definitely humility. The second would most certainly have to be humility. And the third, no doubt, in my mind, is humility. That these three, that, 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 that this one virtue is like the gatekeeper of all the other virtues. So what is it? What is humility? First thing is what humility is not. It's not somebody with low self-esteem. It's not somebody that walks around and is quiet all the time with their head bowed to the ground. In fact, you could have a very loud, in-your-face sort of person and they could be quite humble. Humility comes from the Latin word humus, which means earthy, dirt, ground. So the humble person is grounded. They understand their place in the hierarchy of reality, where they fit into it. It's the, it's the ability to see yourself in proper relation to God. It is John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. Without God, we are simply dust and ashes. And it's also the understanding that everything around us is a gift. It is important to remember the difference between a humble man and a proud man is not found in the greatness of their works. It is found in the attitude toward those works. While the proud man credits himself for, and his abilities, the humble man sees that everything is a dependence upon God and his work. He realizes he's not a big deal. God's the big deal. The anniversary of the attacks of 9-11 are fast approaching, and I had a priest buddy who was flying that day from Chicago to Washington, D.C., and right before he boarded the plane, the news flashed of the first tower burning to the ground. He said the airport erupted, very quickly turned into hysteria. They were all evacuated out of the airport, bused to a variety of different hotels where he said he spent the better part of that day watching the news. And as he was watching the news, a well-known news anchorman received a piece of paper from off camera. He read it to himself and then looked at the camera with a very grave look on his face and said, I just learned the origin and destination of one of those planes. That's a flight that I have often taken. And it is not unusual to see famous people on that plane. And then he said this, there might well have been some important people on that plane. 
I'm going to say that again. There might well have been some important people on that plane. Some. Everybody on that plane is important. But what's he talking about? He's talking about celebrities. He's talking about famous actors and actresses, athletes, politicians, people like himself. That he really believed in his heart that he was somehow more important than they were. It's in our hearts, you guys. It's in all of our hearts. And I can prove it to you. When you're driving and you see somebody that's poor on the side of the road, or maybe you see a Native American walking down the side of the road who is stumbling, what happens in your heart? That's pride. And what it does, what pride does is it blocks us from being able to see God's work. Because we get in the way. We focus on ourselves more than we focus on the other. If we all realized that we're really not that big of a deal, (laughs) this world would be a lot better. It is the mother. Pride is the mother of all vices, we call it. It gives birth to all other sins. Because all sin is pride. I know better than God. That's all you're saying. If you skip Mass for whatever, that's pride. I know better than God. This is more important. My stuff is more important than God's. What does God say to us today? In the first reading, he says this. Conduct your affairs in humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Real humility, you guys, is having no self-regard, no self-absorption, no self-focus. And quite honestly, aren't these the funnest people? I had a, a spiritual director. His name was Monsignor Bill Lyons. God rest his soul. He died about five years ago. He was the most humble priest I've ever met in my life. He was also the weirdest priest I'd ever met in my entire life. But he was so free. He was in a meeting one time and he was sitting back on his chair. You know like when you lean back on a chair? This guy's 80 years old. He's leaning back on the chair in the meeting and all of a sudden inevitably he falls over backwards. Now you and I would be terribly embarrassed. Not Monsignor Lyons. He sat back up and everybody's like, Monsignor, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. Let's just keep the meeting going. And he sits back in his chair and we're like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. Watch. Whee! (laughs) And he did it again. And I'm like, this man, he just had so much freedom. In the same meeting, I am not making this up. He opened his suit jacket and pulled out a pork chop from lunch and started eating this pork chop. Like, that's freedom, man. How many of you would do that? But kids don't count. (laughs) Because they do that anyway. Monsignor Bill Lyons was the most beloved priest in the seminary. Why? Because he understood that he was dust and ashes. He wasn't that big of a deal. But he was loved infinitely by God. 
And that's all that mattered to him. And that allowed him to be the most influential priest in the seminary. And he always told us, don't take yourself so seriously. You're really not as great as you think you are. So how do we get more humility in our lives? I would say this, just some, some practical stuff. Learn to love simple tasks and do them out of love. What do I mean by that? The simplest works. Emptying the dishwasher. You come home, you see the dishwashers are not emptied. Just do it. And when you're done, don't go to your family and be like, anybody uh, notice that the dishwasher's empty? That was this guy right here. <clears throat> no, shut your mouth. Every time you want to build yourself up, every time that you want to make yourself into a big deal, you want recognition, shut your mouth. And I know it's hard, man, because I struggle with it too. Because as long as you're expecting praise, you're living in the narrow confines of your own little kingdom. And when you do things, do them for God and His glory, not your own. Contractors, salesmen, teachers, doctors, secretaries, trade workers, whatever you do, every morning, dedicate your work to Almighty God. Jesus, I do this for you. I don't know if you guys know uh, Tom Monahan. He was the owner of Domino's Pizza. I think in 1998, he sold the company for close to a billion dollars. When he started it, he was a faithful Catholic. Domi Domino is Latin for Lord. And I don't know if you remember the one domino that's on the symbol for Domino's Pizza. It has a two and a one. Two natures, one person, Jesus Christ. The Trinity, one, two, three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He dedicated his entire business to God. And he didn't do too shabby. A billion dollar corporation dedicated to Almighty God. Second, pray, go to Mass, never skip, and go to confession. Why those three specifically? Because those three are good practices about showing yourself you're not the center. Confession? Yeah, I'm definitely not a big deal. I make a lot of bad choices. Mass? Maybe I don't want to go, but God's most important in my life, so I'm going to submit in humility and go. And prayer? Prayer is where he tells you you're not a big deal. The one prayer, I always, people are always like, oh, you know, my prayers are never answered. The one prayer that God, I promise you, will always answer is if you ask him for humility. He is unabashed about answering that prayer. This happened to me in my own life. I was, <clears throat> I had what I called my trophy year. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I can be an arrogant man, right? God is working on me. It's a, it's a long process, but I had my first year as vocation director. I called it the trophy year. Why? Because I shot a trophy muley buck. I caught a trophy smallmouth bass. I got for the first time ever in my life a double rope in pinochle. That's a trophy. My dad still hasn't got one, and it was against him. That was the best part. Third. 14 guys entered the seminary in one year for the Diocese of Bismarck. 
And finally, I published a Lighthouse Catholic Media CD of my vocation story. And I was like, this is an amazing year. Right? I'm having a record year. Isn't that a country song? And I remember very clearly, I went into my, my holy hour in my retreat. And my director very, very wisely said, I want you to pray over two things. How God sees this year and how you see this year. So I prayed first about how I saw this year. I was full of consolation. It was just this beautiful holy hour. And then I prayed my second one about how God saw this year, and it was just darkness. Nothing. Didn't hear anything, didn't sense anything, totally dry. I went back to my room, and as I was getting ready to kind of, I was thinking about going to bed, it was about 9 o'clock. And I heard, not audibly, but just internally, go shoot hoops. And I'm like, I don't want to go shoot hoops. There was a little gym right next to it where the retreat house was. I was like, it's 9 o'clock at night, I don't want to go. So I just sat down and I grabbed a book. Because whenever God starts speaking to you, you try to distract yourself very quickly. So I grabbed a book, and, I was, and he said, go shoot hoops. I'm like, I don't want to. Third time, go shoot hoops now. That's how God speaks to me, right? The first one is the Holy Spirit, the gentle nudge. Second one is Jesus, the encourager. Third one's the Father who beats you. <laughs> he basically is like, get your butt into the gym, and you move. So I went, and I looked like a total idiot, because all I had was I had a pair of shorts, and then my, I didn't bring my workout clothes. So I just had a white t-shirt, black socks, and my black dress shoes. And I walked into the gym, and I was like, this is so dumb. Why am I going to shoot hoops? And I walked in, and there was one other guy in there. And I thought I looked like an idiot. Wow. This guy, dress shoes, dress pants, belt, tucked in shirt, bow tie glasses, perfectly parted hair, and he was, I've never seen a guy try so hard at basketball. He was giving it everything he had, but the problem was is he was awful. He was like the worst basketball player I'd ever seen. This dude like could not hit a layup. It would either hit the bottom of the hoop or he'd smash it off the backboard. His three-pointer was three feet short. He was dribbling, he tripped over his own feet, the ball went flying. And I remember sitting there, and I'm not, I'm not an epic basketball player, but I'm, I'm okay. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, Lord, I don't know why you brought me here, but this is great. <laughs> like, watching this guy. And on a dime, he said to me, well, that's you. That's how I see you. Because remember, that's what I asked for in my holy hour, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if you noticed my epic year. And he's like, your, your epic year. He said, how many of those seminarians did you actually get? How many did you work with? And I said, well, most of them just called me. And he said, oh, that deer, you're a big deer hunter, aren't you? And I was like, actually, I just walked over the hill and it was standing there. On your bass, surely, surely you're the greatest fisherman. And I'm like, actually, we were trolling for walleye. <clears throat> that double rope, that was all you, right? And I'm like, I needed a three-card hit. <laughs> and your vocation story, oh, the one that you published? Oh, that must have been all you. And I'm like, actually, that was everything that you did in my life that made the story great. And in that moment, you guys... There was this weight just lifted. And the Lord said to me, he said, I love you as you are. You don't have to show off for me. 
Everything that you do is me in you. It's my gifts that I gave to you. And then he said this. You must always remember that your work is about me. And never again must you make it about you. It was the most intense freedom I've felt maybe in my entire life. And humbling moments are freeing. Why? Because you realize this whole thing we call life. It's not dependent on us. It's not dependent on us. If you've tasted real humility, you will long for it. And yet we live in the most arrogant, self-centered, prideful culture that maybe ever existed. And so you must fight for it. You can be well-intentioned all the way to the grave, but if you never act on it, you're not going to heaven. It's all his show. We are merely participants. It's all his gifts. We merely use them. May we give back to him what is rightfully his, which is the center of our life. Jesus, give us the humility to let you lead us to heaven.